You're listening to the Ringside Podcast. Welcome to Ringside. The show that brings you all that is pro wrestling news, interviews, and opinions. Mama, mama, me! Really? Woo! We got two words for ya! Oh, yeah! With Daniel Spencer. Acknowledge me. Jeremy Woman. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. And Linda Kay. Are you boys ready for the grind? And now, let's ring the bell and start the show. Welcome to the Ringside Podcast. I'm Daniel Spencer. And I'm Linda Kay. No Jeremy Wallman two weeks in a row. What is going on uh, in the world of podcasting over here? <laughs> what in the world? Well, we sure hope Jeremy is doing all right. We miss you, Jeremy. Hopefully we'll catch you on next time. Or at least I miss you. Yeah, I was going to say, know. I don't miss him. I mean, Daniel. this has been, uh, you know, this is, I, I plug into the Zoom uh, recording and uh, I don't see his face and it's the greatest thing. I mean, or hear his voice. It's the greatest thing ever. So uh, uh, we should, maybe we should have got Eric Cornage to hop on and replay and take his place um, from uh, this week. I want to I want to mention that I'm like, man, Eric, you should have hopped on and and helped us out since uh, you know Jeremy couldn't be here. But it, all three of us, by the way, um, this past weekend was at the Blizzard Brawl, uh, closer to where you live, but few hours away from here in the Milwaukee suburban area, Waukesha, uh, Wisconsin. And, um, man, that was a, uh, that was a fun, what a fun, what a fun weekend that was. Yes, it was certainly special. I did love how the three of us, um, me, you and Eric, um, had our, our gimmicks table set up together prior to the uh, show starting. So that was really cool. It was fun for us to, um, you know, just be together outside of Louisville. So yeah. that was an awesome and different experience in itself. And then of course the show itself sold out hot crowd, man, a lot of special moments there. I mean, yeah. you, you need to be live at a blizzard brawl, everyone, if you can make it, it is always uh, typically the first Saturday of every December in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Yes. And the cool thing about it is, is that, um, um, this year's blizzard brawl and all the blizzard brawls that come are going to be soon appearing on the new, um, sports streaming or no, I'm sorry. Premier streaming network. Is that the name of it? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Premier streaming network. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's going to be pretty amazing. Uh, it will come on in January. So be looking for that. I'm sure at blizzard brawl, uh, on uh, social media or blizzard Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we will, um, uh, be more than happy to, um, um, they're, um, uh, they're more than happy to, um, you know, um, plug that and share that and do everything here on Ringside's uh, social media outlets. Uh, by the way, you can follow us on the social media at Ringside Podcast, and you can get us on the Podcast Avenues, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, uh, TuneIn Radio app, or just go to ringsidepodcast.com. Everywhere you get podcasts, you can listen to us all over the place, and we appreciate that. 
I don't really want to plug that at the end of the show, but uh, I feel like sometimes we need to sh- we need to mention at the beginning of the show and at the end and kind of remind people, um, you know, where they can where they can get us uh, at. So um, so yeah, it, it's pretty exciting. I'm pretty I'm 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 uh, pretty excited for what's the for to, to be able to see um, um, Blizzard Brawl on there and watch some of the old Blizzard Brawls too. Not some of the ones I've been a part of, but even the ones that I've not that I've always seen pictures and little youtube clips about or whatnot uh it's pretty amazing blizzard brawl is for sure uh, an amazing super indie event that's what we'll call it but so many stars show up and so much history was made i mean um dustin rose announced that uh he's gonna have one final year in wrestling uh he announced that blizzard brawl got some love on busted open radio this week when he went on there and talked about or they talked about it too as well um and um yeah you um you had someone retire officially had his last match, uh, right, Linda? Rashi Brown, yes. Um, yes. He was declaring his final match there at Blizzard Brawl. It was a touching moment. A lot of uh, those in attendance are very familiar uh, with Skull Crusher Rashi Brown. He's yeah. um, also performed at lots of uh, Blizzard Brawls as well. So, um, you know, lots of thank yous from Rashi as well as lots of thank yous from a lot of us uh, to Dave Hero. Uh, for doing such a tremendous job and putting Blizzard Brawl together year after year after year. And it is just such an honor uh, to be a part of it um, in any type of way. You know, I, last year I got to be a referee for a little bit too, Daniel. You we did. To- <laughs> last year you did. Last year you got to be a referee, then you magically entered into the match and I yeah. roughed it. So uh, uh, that, that'll be eventually airing on uh, on the uh, on that network when it comes out the premiere Streaming premier streaming network, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, it's okay. the premier streaming network with yeah. our buddy uh, Josh Sharon up there, who was um, at ringside along with our other good pal AJ McKay. AJ McKay, the well, voice, or, or I'm sorry, the the uh, the intro voice of Ringside Podcast. He's been on the show before. By the way, shout out to AJ McKay for that. And you can, and anybody out there. Uh, that wants to go to ajmckaycreative.com and book him for all of your voiceover needs. You'll hear him all over the place. He does our intro. He does Brian Hebner's intro. I think he does some other podcast intros. And then if you happen to stand in Universal Studios and you hear this voice say, please stand in the line and do this or whatever it may be, or the doors open at this time, or uh, you know whatever you're hearing, all the little sounds you're hearing, that is AJ McKay. And if you hear him, doing a commercial for your favorite uh, Netflix show on the radio. That's AJ McKay. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. nice. He's everywhere. Uh, and he does wrestling commentary. He did Blizzard Brawl. He's in a little OVW. He's done some other stuff. So, you know, uh, go out there. Go to AJMcKay.com. Uh, AJMcKayCreative.com, excuse me, and booking for everything when it comes to voiceover needs, but also commentary. He will travel as well. So don't worry about he's out of, based out of Louisville, Kentucky, and you're in California. Don't worry. He will come. He travels all over the places it is now. It uh, blows my mind. He travels more than I do, and uh, I travel. And he a lot. goes international. Yeah, I haven't went international yet. I guess I got Canada coming up in 2023, but uh, that's yeah. about that's that's uh, about as international as I've went so far, or I'll be going so far that I know what's planned. So, yeah, he um, he's uh, he's a uh, great dude, though. Great, yeah, great dude. And speaking of a lot of great things, uh, one of our sponsors, Col- our, or one of our key sponsors, Color Noble. Uh, if you go to callernoblebrand.com, use promo code RINGSIDE, all capital letters, you save 10%, and you help the RINGSIDE podcast out. Uh, some great merch right now for the holiday season. Get it in just in time. Use promo code RINGSIDE, you save, and uh, 
you help keep this podcast afloat and keep it free for you. Um, and uh, we do highly appreciate that. And, um, you know, someone else we're kind of partnered with and kind of, you know, we'll give them a shout out here. we got more stuff coming along. But, Linda, talk about them. Yes, that would be ProWrestlingInsurance.com. It is open enrollment season. And while you can enroll in any type of health insurance any time of year, it is especially important right now. And you know what? Go to ProWrestlingInsurance.com. Visit our friend Chris, and he can fill you in how you can add on supplemental coverage as low as $9 a month that will cover you anytime, anywhere if you get hurt. If you get hurt, you get paid. And you don't have to be a pro wrestler. You don't even have to be affiliated with pro wrestling. It is supplemental coverage for everyone, but obviously on being on site at events such as Blizzard Brawl, we have ProWrestlingInsurance.com to specialize in pro wrestling needs. There you go. So... Uh, now that we got the business out of the way, uh, before we bring on, we got a special guest today, John Cosper. He's coming on to talk about um, many of the different things he's done. He's a writer, um, and he's wrote so many different uh, books and and uh, things. But he's also a lot of it has to do with pro wrestling. Not only he's done um, you know fictional things as well, but. It comes to a lot of his love for pro wrestling. He's a lot, of, a lot about the history of pro wrestling. I'm going to talk about that and his love for pro wrestling. And he's been seen many times sitting in the um, in the stands and OVW. He's been sitting in the stands at WWE when they come to town or local around and Impact and and probably AEW as well. So uh, all the all the different uh, events in the in the what we call the Southern Indiana Louisville Southern Indiana 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 area. Man, that's a tongue twister for you. Um, so um, I'm excited to hear what he has to say. But before we do, real quick, we want to uh, talk a little bit about um, what's going on with OVW. Christmas Chaos is coming up on um, December the 13th live. I think it you could see it live, and then it's going to air December the 15th on Fight TV. So if you're in the area and you want to see it live, get your tickets now, ovwrestling.com. And um, you don't want to miss out on on it. On a, looks like. Um, we're gonna have Jesse Goddard and Tony Gunn inside of a steel cage. Uh, we Yay. got Shira and um, we got Shira and uh, Cash Flow for the national heavyweight title um, that night as well. Um, so that's gonna be amazing. So that's just a few matches that's been announced. So don't miss out on that. Um, we've also got uh, it, you know we're, we're leading up to Hard to Kill at the beginning of the year for Impact Wrestling. Uh, Friday the 13th, live from Atlanta, Georgia, this at the center stage. Uh, that's going to be Impact World Champion Josh Alexander is going to be taking on Bully Ray, who called his shot and cashed in, hit the Call Your Shot Gauntlet uh, trophy uh, to take him on on that day. Um, and then um, other than that, I think um, that is until after the new year. That's the only big event. Everything else is kind of just TV, right? And WWE. Um, Impact, well, not or AEW and WB is all just TV shows. There's no pay per views until the beginning well, of the year, right? This Saturday for NXT, there is deadline. Oh, probably. that's right, deadline this Saturday for NXT. Uh, there is, that is true. That, yeah. And as we're recording this, NXT is um, is uh, taping or is live right now. It's just they're not taping. So uh, we're gonna, we're, if anything breaks or anything we see, we will mention or bring it up. Um, one of the things too is that. Um, um, I noticed uh, they're having tryouts this week, WB, and some of the some former rumors is some former Impact 
uh, rest, you know, stars are there. Uh, Ring of Honor stars as well as MLW stars are there um, getting, uh, getting a look and a tryout. So that's uh, pretty cool. So, so good luck to those guys and gals uh, that are doing that. And uh, maybe we'll see them uh, on the stage, right, soon. Yes, hopefully. Um, some familiar names, some familiar faces. Um, it's always a special moment when an announcement comes forth for uh, once uh, the class has been introduced and you see that photo with the WWE Performance Center t-shirt. So looking forward to that. We'll, we'll see uh, what, what entails um, yes. the tryouts come out. Yes, for sure. And then um, another thing is that um, I, I've noticed that um, I lost my train of thought, what I was going to say. Um, oh yeah, I've noticed that um, th- you know it seems like they're slowly, slowly getting in, uh, NXT back to the way things were with the rumors of maybe possibly William Regal going back to WWE with the NXT side. So it'd be interesting if they move Sean out of that row and and truly go back. I mean, they're pretty much close to the black and gold, but truly go back to the black and gold. Um, it's kind of um, interesting take there to see what happens i'm curious i'm going to be my eyes are glued uh watching what's going to happen there um and uh, i'm excited for it it's now's a better time than ever to be a wrestling fan for sure yeah i love nxt and i'm slowly seeing this transition um not just the colors slowly changing or fully changing but somewhat slowly because it's not full-on black and gold quite yet but I mean, just having Shawn Michaels there present even more. So I mean, I'm just talking about on television. I mean, that's one thing you have him making a huge announcement for deadline. You have uh, just some of the talents like um, Apollo Crews. You know, I know there was that formula where we had some of the stars that uh, were already on the um, main shows mm-hmm. going to NXT to um, either, you know, repackage or regroup their own character or maybe to help work with some of the, uh, newer talent start NXT. And I'm just curious, you know, you kind of live with that. Like, are we going to continue with the formula? We're getting uh, talent straight out of college. We we have your, uh, your cheerleaders, your bodybuilders, your football players, basketball players, track and field stars, mm-hmm. and transitioning them from the start to be a pro wrestler. Or, I mean, we just heard about that performance center announcement. Are we going to bring in some of our, uh, you know, favorites in the, in the indie world? Um, kind of how, the black and gold was once upon a time. And if you just think about it, you know, we had uh, Shinsuke Nakamura on it and NXT, Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe. I mean, just to name a few. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, and it's, and here's what's crazy about that is mentioning that and looking at what we have in the future and all those kind of things. Like even, you know, just next week, I'm going to go ahead and plug this now. We're going to do our annual ringside review where we do that for the end of the year, for the year 2022. It's going to be Linda's first time doing that, where we pick our favorites of the year, and we also look ahead into the future. And uh, it's always interesting to hear those takes. And some of these, um, maybe some of these new names that we're talking about might be someone we predict or, or what on these bold predictions and, and things like that. So it's, um, it's pretty cool to um, um, this time of year. Then we take a little break and we come back. You know, I, I know we took a long break for, from July to November um, or, or it was beginning of November. Uh, I get it, but uh, but we take our little holiday break and then we come. We're gonna come back with a bang with some with some interviews lined up. So I'm excited. I'm excited for um, for next week to talk about that. I've already I've already kind of looked over my list and I've already wrote down one list, one a couple things, and I went back and changed it already because I've already like nope, I forgot about that. So it's uh, it's gonna be pretty um, pretty interesting. We'll we'll put out the list on 
on our social media like we do every year to kind of look at so you can kind of get gauge and get an idea of what we're going to discuss. And you can also have your favorites there too and submit your own and we'll do like maybe a listener or what do they think and throw some out there too as well. So, um, but uh, Belinda, how about we go ahead and get our, uh, get our, go to our guest and uh, let's, let's uh, talk to him and, and let's um, see what, uh, what his love for wrestling is all about. How about that? That sounds great. Let's do it. All right. Here comes our guest, author, John Cosper. All right, we're back here on the Ringside Podcast with our special guest, um, writer from the southern Indiana area, Louisville, Kentucky area, John Cosper. John, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, so we wanted to um, have you on. I mean, we've, you know, many of us have seen you um, all throughout the uh, you know, Kentuckiana area, I guess is the best way to describe it. Louisville, Kentucky, Southern Indiana. Um, and, and this show, you know, we, we, we're based out of here, although we're worldwide. But what's great about it is that, uh, you know, from the, um, from the eSleepWrestle.com, uh, right? Is that the website? Yes. Okay. Yes. It, it, you, it, I remember getting, uh, meeting you years, a couple years ago, uh, gave me your card and showed me a couple of your books. Um, you, and you either just got done working on or have worked on. And I was like, wow, this guy, okay, this guy gets like local wrestling. It's cool. And then like, I really started to dive deep into your stuff. And I was like, (laughs) this guy is just like, he knows local wrestling. Like he understands the, where the business that, what, what started here and what, how, how it evolved and, um, you know, how basically Louisville, Kentucky. So, you know, it became, is one of the founding areas of, of pro wrestling. So, um, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. So, uh, definitely wanted to, um, you know, bring you on and have you like, what was, what, what was your reasoning of wanting to, Hey, put that out there, kind of, kind of like let people know that, Hey, this is what this area is all about. It was, I was looking for something different to do. I've been writing professionally for close to 30 years and I, I did drama. I've done, um, stuff for, for youth ministry, children's ministry. I've, I've done fiction, I've done film, I've done all kinds of different things. And, um, I was just, just looking for something different, something to try, uh, and, and just, just looking for something that might, might catch on. And, um, you know, I, I had been reading wrestling books for a number of years and, you know, had read, have a nice day and had read some of Mark James's stuff. And, um, Bobby Heenan's book was one of the early ones I read and stuff. And, it, the idea occurred to me, you know, I knew Mark James had written a lot about the Memphis territory, but he'd never done a book about Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew there was the Memphis story. I knew there was the OVW story. And then when I started digging deep, I started finding some stuff by guys like Steve Yoey and, and Tim Hornbaker. Um, and really kind of the, the clinching story was finding out that Ed Strangler Lewis actually got the name Ed Strangler Lewis uh, when he no-showed an event in January of 1913 and then showed up two weeks later. And they had to change his name because they grabbed somebody in the locker room and said, okay, you're Bob Fredericks. You get out there. And so when he shows up, it's like, well, we can't send you out as Bob Fredericks. Everybody thinks he's Bob Fredericks. So they gave him the name Ed Sprangler Lewis. So that wow. was kind of the, yeah, there, there's, there's more of the story here than, than, than has, has previously, than that was previously wherever I think anybody was. And, right. um, you know, Louisville was never, you know, was never a town, you know, a kind of a controlling town. It was always part of St. Louis or was part of Indianapolis or whatever. But, you know, I, I tell people that up through the Attitude Era, the only three major wrestlers that didn't come through Louisville on their way to the top were um, uh, Frank Gotch, George Hackenschmidt, and Triple H. 
you name anybody from the WWF era or anything like that, you know, they came through Louisville. It's, it's, it's crazy, you know, how everybody came through here at, at one point or another. And, You're right. Triple uh, A. I mean, he was here obviously later in the later only on. one that I, that I wasn't able to find. So, um, actually, I, until I did Wahoo McDaniel's book, nobody had any evidence of Wahoo wrestling in Louisville, but some of his first matches were in Louisville. He was working for Balk Estes out of Indianapolis, and I found him on two cards wrestling at, when, when nobody was going to watch wrestling in the 60s because. You know, the Allen Club had died in 57 when, when the promoter had died. And, you know, no, the, the Louisville just never really caught on with, with the Indianapolis style of wrestling. But uh, mm-hmm. Wahoo did come and wrestle in Louisville twice. So now, uh, back up a little bit. You mentioned you did some stuff um, for, you know, some ministries or whatnot. I actually was going through your catalog and um, I noticed some, like, Bible study stuff and different uh, Bible scene of, and I and I was like, oh, is that the like? I didn't really obviously I had your name on it, but I was like, is that because all this? I was looking at di- all the different genres, all the different things you've written, and it didn't match. So that's kind of cool. So you did some some Bible stuff too as well. There's been there's been a whole lot of stuff over the years. I actually started my my professional writing started. I was doing the leading the youth drama group at Northside Christian Church in New Albany and yeah. started writing for the youth group and then wrote for other youth groups and stuff. Um, had my own touring group for a while, made a lot of short films back in the day. And all those short films are st- still up on my YouTube channel. Right. So, yeah, there's, I, there, there's quite a bit up there. Yeah. I used to have a uh, local public uh, access show, uh, Christian like comedy called Crossout Freaks. I did that. And oh, my then, goodness. Yeah, so right. I was I did that stuff. I, I, I did use pastor. And, and then there, I, I brought this up recently on the show a couple weeks ago when we talked about uh, the new head writer, or one of the head writers at WB, Rob Fee. Do you know that he actually was a youth pastor here in Louisville, Kentucky for a period of time? I know that. No, yeah, no. Dixie Valley Church of God. He was a youth yeah. pastor there for in like the late, I don't, well, it's said late, uh, I don't know how you, what you call this. What do you call like 2008 or nine or we, whatever that, or something, somewhere around that time frame. Maybe it was a little yeah. earlier than that. But um, yeah, before he went on to Comedy Central and did his thing there, he was, he, yeah, it was, uh, I think he moved to another church I and then he later, yeah. he later got, uh, went to another complete different uh, field of uh, industry. But yeah, so uh, it's kind of interesting. That's, that's pretty cool. So uh, you learn something back, new every day. Back in the day when I was first getting going with that, and I had my own catalog and would sell youth ministries all over the country. And I was really excited. First time I ever sold a skit to be published by a national Christian publisher. And I think I got 50 bucks for it. And then yeah. another publisher gave me a hundred bucks. And, and then I found out what songwriters get. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I have the wrong gift. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wow. song, it's it's insane what songwriters get um one of my favorite artists back in the day christian artist was a guy named charlie peacock he has a co-writing credit on amy grant's every heartbeat and that essentially built just that co-writing credit built a state-of-the-art recording studio in his own house oh i so, bet yeah i can imagine um, yeah wow. <laughs> so. uh, it's pretty amazing so um so yeah so um, when it comes to now, a lot of the stuff you've done is you've, you've, um, you, I mean, yeah, you kind of talked about, you know, your history of Louisville, but I've noticed that you did a lot of like, you know, books on different, um, personalities in wrestling as well, you know? Um, and, uh, it, was that another kind of, was it, did they reach out to you and say, Hey, will you do my story or share my, or is that something you would say, Hey, or you reach out to them and say, Hey, I'd like to, you know, talk about your life or put a book out there on you. It's it's kind of a combination. Um, Kenny Bolin was was the first guy I worked with, and I got to know Kenny working on uh, the first di- the first edition of Bluegrass Brawlers. Um, Kenny's a great storyteller, and yeah. you know I thought, well, this would be a great place to start because I because I wanted to, to do some biography. So 
Um, I talked Kenny into it, and 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 Kenny's Kenny's still still hawking that bilk everywhere he goes. Yeah, um, he screwed, he he screwed you out of it too, right? Yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> not as much as you might think, but yeah. you know, like I said, you know, it was uh, it, it, it there was definitely some 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 mutual. Uh, you know, it's a mutual benefit for both of us. But, uh, um, you know, Dr. D. David Schultz, that one was actually brought to me. Um, a guy who works with the – it's now the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in New York reached out to me and said, hey, I'm friends with Dr. D. David Schultz. Would you want to do his book? And, and connected me. Um, a local uh, attorney in Louisville, Tim Tim uh, Dennison, connected me with Tracy Smothers when Tracy was ready to do his book. Uh, Karen McDaniel came to me wanting to do Wahoos. Um and uh, Princess Victoria came to me. She was referred to me by Scott Teal with Crowbar Press. So there, there's been a number of them like that. And then there's been folks like, uh, you know, same time that I was working, starting to work with Dr. D, I was after Madman Pondo. Um, because there are a few, few guys who are as good a storytellers as Madman Pondo. And um, the contrast I always like to draw is, you know, Kenny Boland's book, you know, about two-thirds of it are true, a third's a lie. Good luck sorting out which what's what. Um, you know, and, and a lot of wrestlers have tall tales and tall stories and everything like that. But Pondo, just the minute when you're like, okay, he's making this up, he pulls his phone out. Here's the photo. Here's a video of me. That's, that's me sitting next to Marilyn Manson, putting the vape, fixed vapor rub in her eyes or, or whatever it is he's doing. Or, you know, here's the video of me, you know, pulling, pulling my own tooth out with a pair of pliers and, you know, or he takes his hat off. And it's like, okay, feel the ridge line. That's where I glued my own head back together. So, um, but, uh, you know, just a great story. He's like, nobody wants to read my book. And, and his has been consistently one of the best sellers I've had over the years. Um, so it's kind of been a combination, obviously with the historical wrestlers, it's always somebody who catches my eye. Um, the black Panther, Jim Mitchell was kind of the first, he was the first African-American superstar in pro wrestling and he was from Louisville. So he was the guy who really stuck out to me. Um, Elvira Snodgrass was, I mean, just, just a name that just jumps off the page at your cousin Elvira. Um, actually, Jim Cornette went to the library with me one time when we were digging through the newspaper archives. He just started laughing as soon as he saw her name. And um, she became a story that really fascinated me. And, and then Mars Bennett was kind of the same way as well. Just, uh, you know, finding about this this girl. She had been a circus star and she had been a pinup queen. She became a pro wrestler and, and then tragically died at the age of 37 in a car accident. Mm. Um but, uh, you know, just there's certain stories that, you know, stories like those are just I want to know the story. I want to know, you know, who this person was and what their history was and and uh, kind of bring that story to light. Now, um, you, you did also a book on Chris Candido. Um, and I remember um, back when I first started, um, I think you were you were starting to do that around the pandemic time, because right when I first started with Impact, I know you reached out and you was kind of like trying to get some um, um credit give some photo credits and and things like that and, and for different pictures and whatnot and uh sorry i, I kind of re- remember you were doing that but in, of course the book was released last year right something like that or a few or earlier this year? Uh, it was oh i don't remember exactly when it was or it was around i was working on that during the pandemic because yeah. it was we got tracy's book right as as the world was shutting down and covid and tracy was the one who was like you need to do candido next and somebody needs to do candido um if you ever saw a shoot interview with Tracy and they'd say, you know, who was your favorite guy you ever wrestled? Candido, mm-hmm. you know, you, you wouldn't get the question out. And, uh, he connected me with, uh, actually, actually he connected me with cloudy. Uh, if those of you deep cut WWE folks, you may remember who cloudy was as opposed to sunny. And then cloudy got me in touch with, uh, with Johnny Candido and the family and everything. And, uh, I got that there were, there were so many people just lining up wanting to tell Chris Candido stories. And, um, he's honestly probably the one guy I still watch the most. And when, when I go back and watch videos, people have written about, 
What people, what people forget is uh, him and Sonny, wasn't they inside the famous Dairy Queen or Wendy's drive through that Cornette pulled the whole, you know, cussing the, uh, the, the, Cussing them out, wasn't there? Wasn't they inside, or were they also in the van? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they they may or may not have been with Smoky Mountain at that time. It was around that time frame. So I know. I think Chris Jericho is the one that actually said something that incited the whole thing. It was about a banana. Um, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was yeah. over a banana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard Lance Storm tell me that story. He like, no, here's what actually happened. Chris was the one that was doing it and it stirred everything up, and then the person yeah, yeah. heard him and. Yeah, it was over. A, all he wanted was a banana or something like yeah. that. I, I know. I know. Jim has has actually autographed Dairy Queen bags from that very Dairy Queen over the years. Wow, that's that's amazing. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Um, uh, yeah. So um, it, it, it's just funny though. But I, I thought I remember hearing Chris Candido was in that. But yeah, he's 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 a um, guy that um, like his career was was pretty. And I've always heard good things about him. I mean, um, you know, everyone has talked. About how he what great he was in the ring outside of the ring. So, you know, the fact that uh, you were able to do a book on him is is pretty pretty remarkable and definitely um, definitely well deserved uh, for him to have a have a book uh, about his life and career. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And it was like I said, there were so many people who wanted to talk about Chris and share their memories and you know how generous he was and and just uh you know just what what, what a positive light he was in the locker room. Um, Jake Manning told told one of my favorite stories about him where um, he talked about you go in these locker rooms and stuff. There'd be some guy who he had recently been an extra on Raw and he was acting like the big dog in the locker room over people and stuff like that. And, you know, Jake's sitting in a kitchen getting ready to go out and in, in, in like a school cafeteria or something like that to wrestle one of his very first matches ever. Um, he's sitting by himself. He's nervous. Here comes Chris Candida, who's worked WrestleMania, who's been with WWE and, and ECW and all this kind of stuff. Um, five foot seven, he comes walking over and there's a mirror over the sink and Chris is too short to see himself in the mirror. So he says he basically just put on this whole comedy act of looking around, finding a stool, getting on the stool, fixing himself up. It's like doing this whole pantomime act for one guy sitting there who he, he doesn't know, who doesn't know who I am or anything like that, but he's doing all this to make me not feel nervous. And he's, he's doing it because, you know. Yeah, there were a lot of guys who would talk about, you know, they'd hear people griping in the ring, you know, in the locker room and this and that and everything. And Chris would turn around and be like, hey, we're getting to do what we wanted to do as kids. Okay, this is a privilege. We should be excited. Everybody should be excited about this. um, It's just it's just a shame that, you know, that he was taken so, so, so young. And um, it's fun to speculate, you know, would he be backstage at AEW? Would he be, you know, patch things up with Triple H? Would he be? working at the performance center or, you know, and who would he be wrestling? What kind of matches would he be having with guys? Because, because, you know, he'd still be out there. Yeah. Or would he be with, with, with us at impact wrestling too, as well, you know, doing exactly. Things. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure seminars, whatnot, it'd be, it'd be great to hear uh, his, his mind and talk about that. A lot of the young, young talent here and what he has to say. Um, so uh, what you know when it comes to like um, a topic like this, whether it's a Tracy Smothers, Man Man Pondo, Chris Candido, you do or you do something like a complete blue you know bluegrass brawlers and go the whole history of of a, a bunch of different people outside of the state of Kentucky or or Louisville Bay, whatever you want to call it. When what kind of um, preparation um, goes into something like that, a project like that? It d- depends on the on the type of project, um, you know. With, with bluegrass brawlers, I mean that that was my first time ever doing anything of that kind of nature, and 
there was a company that started off with Google searches and finding what information was available online, um, you know, picking up different books, getting Bill Dundee's books, uh, Dutch Mantel's, and, and, and people who, who had worked the Louisville area and, and told their stories, um, finding interviews with different people, seeking out interviews with people. Um, that was when I met Kenny Bolin. That's when I met Jim Cornette. Um, and just, you know, anybody who was willing to talk, you know, getting their stories and getting their perspectives. Um, I was very fortunate. I had uh, some some friends who had been at OVW for a long time that, that I knew from either church or from from school, actually going back to when I was in high school. Uh, I, I did Marching Man with Crybaby Chris Alexander for any of the OVW fans who, who go back that deep. Um, and then uh, I had a friend who worked the concession stand, Aaron Ray, for a number of years. And she's the one who got me backstage to, to meet Danny Davis and Rip Rogers for the first time. Um so it was it was a lot of that. It was a lot of at that time going to the public library whenever I could take a day off, whenever I could get a few hours away. Um, I had two very very small kids and and a wife at the time, as well as a full time job. So um, not easy to get in there and, and give it the proper time. But you know, did the best I could over a year and a half to kind of piece that story together. And um, was fortunate, you know, a couple years after that book came out, the whole Courier Journal archive is now online. So. Uh, when I went back and did the the revised version of the book that this that came out this past year, I was able to go and, and pull every Louisville wrestling result from about 1880 all the way up through 1966 when Bruiser pulled out. So I've got, you know, I, I found more stories about African American wrestlers that you know even before Jim Jim Mitchell and I mean even African American shows and promotions being put on and um, you know just just you know people that my first time going through I had just missed you know people like Gorgeous George and the Sheik and. Um, you know, a, a lot of other stars that came through town. So, um, with, with a historical figure, that's, that's typically kind of the route that I go. Um, I'll start with a site like wrestlingdata.com that's kind of put together a composite of their career and kind of put together a timeline. You can pretty much count on those to be about 80% accurate, um, just because it's a lot of people just kind of pulling information together and sometimes things aren't quite right. But then going through the newspaper archives and looking for stories, um, combing eBay, trying to find some magazines or articles about them. And um, if possible, finding family members that might still be alive or, or relatives of, of someone they knew. Um, I got real lucky with the Black Panther, Jim Mitchell. Um, I had put some articles up on on my blog that, that, that I was doing research on. Them. Got an email out of the blue from a guy who said, hey, my buddy bought Jim Mitchell's house. You need to talk to him. And the story was this guy had purchased the house that Jim Mitchell lived in in Toledo for like 50 years. He had passed away. The house had gone to his stepdaughter. She had just passed away at that time. He went and bought the house because he was flipping houses. That's that's what he did is it's kind of his side income. And he found nine, nine pairs of wrestling boots. He found, you know, the half dozen or so posters. He found all kinds of letters programs, personal photos, uh, Jim Mitchell's pipe collection. He collected smoking pipes from around the world. He still, I haven't talked to him for a while, but the last I talked to him, he still had that entire pipe collection intact. Um, so that was just, you know, a, a lucky thing that, that, that found me in that particular instance. Um, so again, you know, with, with an historical, you know, it's just a lot of digging. It's a lot of trying to find this stuff trying to read between the lines a lot of times because obviously everything was kayfabe back then and you know, no, nobody gave straight up interviews or anything, but um, finding people that can, can kind of help, help you tell those stories. And, and then with somebody like um, Tracy Smothers, you know, that was sitting down, just him and I going back and forth with Chris Candido. It was, was a, there was a lot, some research online and, and, and looking things up, but there was, there was a lot of interviews talking to, to his family, talking to folks from ECW talk, talking to, you know, 
you know, people, people that had known him and Smoky Mountain and, and things like that. Yeah, so it's these books, these short films. Uh, this is where a lot of us can find out these unique stories that we can only really find out from pieces that you put out, John. I mean, just you have so much out there. And, um, you know, so I'm originally from Milwaukee, still from the Midwest as well. And I'm just wondering, you know, like as far as touching on the territories of here and just the historic uh, richness of the Milwaukee area itself. I mean, um, do you have uh, a big knowledge about uh, the Milwaukee area wrestling? Well, I'm just curious because I mean, I, I'm back and forth to Milwaukee, Louisville, and obviously, I'm learning just a lot about Louisville and Kentucky, and I just um, you know from you and you know what you put out. So, um, have you looked into other projects and other territories? And particularly, I'm, I'm curious about uh, Midwest and the Milwaukee area. Yeah, I know Milwaukee's home of the Crusher. I haven't really looked yeah. at that much into into Milwaukee myself. No, so it's a uh, um, yeah, every every town is, is such such a huge story in and of itself. Um, I, I have been publishing some books from a guy named Mike Rogers about the Portland, Oregon area. Um, he, he's been doing research on that for 30, 40 years, and you know, it's just you know, it, it's it's awesome. Anytime somebody takes up the cause of a town, and you know, hopefully somebody at some point, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you know, if, if it catches my interest, you know, I, I you know. I'm I'm always kind of looking ahead as as to what stories I want to tell, but uh, you know whether it's me or somebody else. I mean, every town's got their own unique story, you know, when it comes to pro wrestling, and it's fun to go through the newspaper archives and to see the old ads and the old, you know, and, and to hear guys tell the stories. And um, yeah, one of the best things we've got now is is YouTube. I was um, actually I was talking with somebody just last night at dinner, you know, in the territory days when a guy was coming up, he go, you know, he would learn how to wrestle just just by being on the road and, and by sitting and watching other people you know there's a famous story about dutch mantel pulling up a folding chair and telling steve austin you sit right here you watch every single match um every night that we're on the road and, and that's how he learned um and guys today and, and ladies the smart ones they're on youtube and they're watching wwe they're watching wcw they're watching mid-atlantic they're watching memphis they're watching smoky mountain they're going back watching the, the old black and white footage from from the 50s and 60s um the wealth of matches you can go back and watch and and you know thanks to a lot of people you know the shoot interviews that are up as well and the podcast you know and, and recording these stories um you know there's a lot that's out there so i wish i could tell you more about milwaukee i just i just have, haven't looked into it myself but um, you know, it, it's something that, you know, again, hopefully, hopefully somebody will jump in there. And if, if you want some help getting started, on, I'll, I'll, I'll get you a point in the right direction, how to get it going. So just right. Me. Yeah. Well, we have Crusher Fest uh, coming up as well. So you mentioned oh, awesome. the Crusher yeah. and uh, just now uh, just some, some wheels turning and, you know, just. You never know. You never know. Just see, see part of and then one day it's like, yeah, I need to do that book. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, I mean, I tell you what, if you were, we put it, put it over, uh, before we brought you on, but, uh, uh, we were just at Blizzard Brawl, which is the big annual uh, thing that happens uh, there. Mm -hmm. um, Dave Hero puts that on. Um, and, of course, there's a lot of OVW guys. Uh, some people that's mentioned mm -hmm. in your book, from an Al Snow to a, to a Doug Basham. I mean, uh, even guys like who's been through the Louisville Territories to a D'Lo Brown. Um, you know, guys like that were, were on the show. Um, and Shira, who's now currently the OVW Heavyweight Champion, and also with Impact, he was there. Uh, so many, 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 um, many influences um, throughout the, you know, from Louisville or connections, should say, from there. So, uh, you know, you right. might go up yeah. there one uh, next year for Blizzard Brawl, and then all of a sudden realize I need to, I need to do something myself on this uh, yeah. town yeah. here. Yeah. So, um, 
<laughs> I can do it from that with that, you know, if, if the, the Milwaukee papers are all online, I mean, I can do it all from home too, which is great. So, and, yeah. and <laughs> you know, again, it's just, just like with the first book, you know, I'd just be reaching out and, and, and getting the stories from the people who were there and people who remember. Um, so, um, do you still do, um, you know, fiction and other, other things as well, or do you do more historic type type of things at this, at this point in your career? I do. I've got a separate website called deadparkbooks.com. And, uh, that's, that's, um, I, I've always liked writing fiction. I've done most, I've done mostly science fiction for a number of years, but, um, even though I wasn't a monster kid and was never a big horror fan until, uh, well, until Blair Witch Project came out and, and completely blew my mind 23 years ago. But, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of migrated more into writing horrors and thrillers. Um, I've got a series that, that, uh, Dead Park, books gets its name from it started with a book called dead park plaza um it's a collection of short stories that all take place in a you know just kind of an ordinary looking office building um involving monsters murder mayhem all kinds of stuff like that uh one book led to another now there's the shops of dead park which is about a mall i've got another one coming up called dead park records which is about a record that company that works within dead park plaza and i've got a fourth book on, on the way as well um i did a, a, a Two other books I put out this past year, one called Zombies of Oz, uh, kind of self-explanatory. You know, instead of Dorothy landing up in the land of Oz, you know, something happens and Dorothy, who's a juvenile delinquent and, and a total menace to society, wakes up and the world's been taken over by zombies. And uh, had another one I put out as well called Girl Most Likely to Kill You, uh, about a guy who's his uh, high school sweetheart comes back. He thinks he's finally found the love of his life and uh, he's a high school teacher himself and his students are like, dude we think your girlfriend is the most wanted assassin in the world. And it's kind of a romantic thriller comedy type thing. So I'm looking, yeah, you, have a lot of these, you have a lot of these on, on Kindle, you have Kindle editions as well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these books. So, um, some of these, uh, at least the fiction ones I see for sure. Uh, although yeah. yeah, you mentioned the website, we'll definitely put that in our, in the, in the show notes, uh, um, awesome. uh, for sure to put that out there. Um, yeah. So I was, I, I Again, that's probably makes sense why when I went to look at your profile, looked at your your catalog on uh, Amazon, I saw a lot of like that, and I was like, "There's all kinds Whoa. of stuff." Yeah. And then I went <laughs> so, right. In, then I start going to the you know all the Bible stuff, and I'm going, "Wait a minute, this is they must have mixed yeah, the yeah, authors so many, together." So many, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, Love the variety, John. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, varieties. Hey, that's where it's at. Uh, you can, it is. You can, I mean, it, it's one of the nice things. You know, you're working on something, you get stuck, but then something, you know, the log jam breaks on something else. You go work on that, and then in the middle of working on that, oh, okay, and you go back into to where you were. So. Well, I, ha- I had an idea for one. Uh, I was going to shoot a short film for it. Um, um, I'm going to give too much away from it because I still might do it one day of sure. a Christian horror movie. So uh, oh. it was kind of your thriller, but yet it it had a biblical base to it or Christian base to it. So I'd say look up a book called uh, Monsters from the Id by E. Michael Jones. Okay. Um, I'll shoot that to you on Facebook. I read that one years. Actually, around the time I saw Blair Witch, I read it. He was a Catholic uh, college professor somewhere, and he had to, did this whole treatise on um, how the whole horror genre, you know, basically plays out like a parable that the verse desire gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown leads to death. And it's, you know, not just the teenagers having sex in the woods, but it's people who are power, greed and, and playing God and, and, and things like ambition and things like that. These things all get punished in horror films. So it, it's yeah. kind of a 
remember being halfway reading through reading it and then turning on hollow man in the hotel room. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's playing out point by point. Just like you said. In this right. Book. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's legit. That's, that's, uh, that's true on all that. Um, now what, uh, did you always grow? Did you grow up just a huge wrestling fan? Uh, I, I kind of caught on to wrestling around the time of the rock and rock and wrestling era. Um, okay. I was a big Mr. T fan with, with the A team. Uh, and I was a Cindy Lauper fan. And when I start seeing them hanging around with wrestlers on entertainment tonight, hearing my friends talk about it, I wanted to check it out. Um, so I, you know, that, that was kind of what, what got me to watch WWF for the first time. Um, I was kind of in and out of it, for, you know, th- throughout my childhood years. So actually when I moved from Houston, Texas to Louisville, Kentucky, uh, world-class championship wrestling was on every afternoon on ESPN. So I watched a lot of Von Eriks, a lot of Freebirds, uh, that particular era, which is which I'm still very, very fond of. Very curious to watch this Iron Claw movie coming out. Um, but uh, as an adult, kind of got back into it actually around 2001, right about the time you know Vince bought WCW and, and that that the whole Monday Night Wars ended. But I, I've really kind of stuck with it and been a fan ever since. So, um, so you didn't experience the Tuesday nights at the Gardens. Um, no, 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 I never did. So, no, I, I didn't even watch the Saturday morning. And, and I'm like, you know, I, sadly, I, I knew about it, but I didn't hit OVW until all those guys had already moved up. First time I got there, um, actually, first night I went, I, I did get to see Batista. I saw Shelton Benjamin. Um, Jim Ross was there that night. I met Molly Holly, got a picture taken with her because I had a huge crush on her. Um, uh, the Basham and uh, and um, Damage were in the main event. Kurt Angle was there that night. So, um but uh, it just kind of kind of got there on the on the, the tail end of that first wave actually leaving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, it's many 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 other waves came through in um, in those years, and uh, I always mm-hmm. say I always think that if um, if they didn't uh, close down shop in 2008, I feel like Louisville OVW that would be the 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 PC would be based here. It wouldn't be in Orlando. I feel like it would they would have kept it and just oh well, our developmental's there, so let's just. You know, yeah, yeah, you had so much talent coming. I remember, remember seeing Cody when, when it was Cody Runnels the yeah. first off. And I remember the first time seeing Beth Phoenix in person. Going, oh my gosh, she's she's impressive. But uh, it, it's neat looking back and, and seeing where those where those people evolved. I remember Luke Gallows' first gimmick when he when they were actually he wasn't even doing the 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 Festus thing with when he was here, but he had the same tag partner when they were doing that bit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing uh, the history. Uh, are you would you are you ever going to do a, a strictly OVW book? I've thought about it. There's certainly a good story to tell. Um, I mean, it might be even just um, th- there's a number of different angles you could go on it. Um, mm-hmm. One angle I've thought about is is just going and, and tracking down everybody who was there but wasn't signed and doing it from their perspective. Um, you could do a book on that first class on on Basham and Conway and. Uh, damage and, and Dinsmore um, and Flash and Trash and and kind of kind of tell that story. Um, it, it's certainly been in the back of my mind, and, and I think just just finding the right opportunity and the right angle. So um, you know, I've, I've been going. I've actually been going weekly for the better part of four or five months. Uh, my daughter started going with me two months ago. She's completely hooked on it now. Uh, got my son to go for the first time last week, and it, it took took him a little while. But by the time the Outrunners came out, he was he was totally into it as well. So it's 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 been fun letting them discover it. Oh yeah, we've Outrunners of uh, Ringside Podcast along. They've been on this show a couple times um, as uh, the Outrunners, and apparently one time they were going by different names. I don't know. They they claim they never heard of them. So I don't uh, know. yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know, but uh, 
but there are somewhere. I was just watching a video. Uh, it's a guy. It's a guy on YouTube, and and he he does does a show about AEW Dark, and he's his whole pitch this week is promote the Outrunners. He need to bring the Outrunners up to AEW. So um, nice. Just to see the matches they would have with guys like FTR, and I mean, it just everything about them. They're just, they're just pure entertainment. They're great wrestlers. When when they actually get in there and wrestle, they're incredible entertainers all the time. Um, he was talking a whole lot about how they sell, and, and when you watch the two of them, you know when one of them's getting pounded in the ring, they're they're selling as good as anybody ever has. And then you're watching the reaction on the outside too, so throwing their hands up and everything, and trying to get them back in it. And um, man, there's something special. There's something special about what they've what they got together. They are special, absolutely. That's a team that for sure, I uh, I love working with. Um, love to see them succeed. I think um, our our other co-hosts who couldn't make it to tonight, Jeremy. He's he's big on the outrunners, and I think he probably we're going to do our end of the end of the year re, um, rewards or review or whatever where we kind of break down our best of, and it's always and for the last couple of years the outrunners have been the, for him the tag team of the year and who should be signed by everybody, which we all agree. So um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I wouldn't be shocked if twenty twenty three it becomes our year. Um, and uh, we what's funny too is that we do, at Impact we do this um, which aired last week. On uh, Impact Plus, we do this throwback show where it's like the 80s. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched it or not, uh, but it's IPWF, and it's very, very 19. It, it, it's supposed to be pretend, it's pretending that it's filmed in 1985. So people are acting, other characters are playing different characters, <laughs> except for Tom uh, Johnny Swinger. He happened to be still Johnny Swinger, <laughs> but uh, he's just a younger version of himself. But, but, yeah. um, but no, it's uh, we do that, and, and uh, what's what's great about that is um, is uh, the Outrunners would be perfect for that. And I'm yeah, like, man, yeah. that would be the tag team to bring in there and, and do it for those shows, if anything. Um, so I'm, I was, I've, I've always pushed for them to be in those shows. So hopefully maybe the next time we do it, if they're not signed anywhere, right. yeah. we'll, we'll say you uh, drive we'll Jack Vaughn in there as well. Just, just the way he is. And, oh, yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's TikTok. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to say toss Thunder Kitty in there, but Thunder Kitty goes back to the forties. So yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she would be <laughs> she, young when she was young. <laughs> yeah. It would, it would still be, she'd still be an old lady in uh, 1985. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it was a fun. I, we we definitely love the outrunners. We need to have them on here. Probably coming up in the next year, we'll get them back on and kind of. Because last time we had them on, they were starting a. They were doing like a dream, the dream promotion or whatever. And I don't think that they're doing that anymore. At least it's on hold right now. So, um, did a couple shows over in the uh, the famous arena. Is that in your book too as well? You talk about the famous uh, the arena in Jeffersonville. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's funny you mentioned that uh, we we didn't talk about that. Well, we'll talk about it from from the uh, Southern Indiana perspective, but also got the OVW perspective on the brief time they were over there and oh um, yeah yeah sure. talking about the hard cams, you know, shooting right in there to the toilet, which used to be was that black solid black toilet that had its own Facebook page, Black Beauty for the a Black while. Beauty. Yeah, it did. I remember that. Last last time I was in there, but Black Beauty's gone. So but. yeah, Black Beauty <laughs> is gone. It was. Uh... Yeah, it's my my very first ever wrestling show that I refed was in that building. So wow, wow. That, yeah, there's a lot of history. I mean, yeah. that place opened right after I got the first book out, and uh, I mean the, the history of that building, the people that have, that have come through and uh, promotions. I mean, Chikara has been through uh, Wrestling Revolver. They just had Game Changer. Yeah, um, OVW now has been there. So yeah. Yeah, 
we we all have been watching Billy Starks the last couple of years. The whole world's about to see Billy Starks if they haven't already. So right, um, she's an amazing watcher. Two, week, two weeks away from her 18th birthday. birthday as that we're recording this. Yep. I think so. Yep. Yeah, we're. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's going to be pretty exciting to see Billy uh, out there. I've known Billy since she was uh, was when I started. She was um, around that time frame. She was just learning and, and amazing to see what she's done. Um, yeah. as well. Uh, Linda, have you had a chance to see Billy Starks anywhere? No, not personally, but obviously rising star and having, if Billy can be inside the confines of Davis arena or, uh, just within the area when I'm down visiting, that'd be something worth checking out. Well, Absolutely. I mean, she'll be able to, to do things in the Davis arena, um, come yeah, the, the year 2023. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I'm she, pretty, <laughs> pretty sure I know, Maria backstage has got to be chomping at the bit too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, and 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 the great thing about we she was utilized in uh, OVW, um, you know, when it was in the Jeffersonville uh, or the arena, whatever you want to call it, but uh, over in Jeffersonville that time frame. So, you know, Al, I was always known who she is and all that. So, you know, there's there's uh, people people know who she is. So I, I don't I wouldn't be surprised if she's not on OVW television in the year 2023. Uh, or if not, other television shows in the year 2023. Yeah, um, somewhere on television. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, Tickets to see her are about to jump in price, I think. It's so. almost like that Jeff, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy thing where they started so young. And granted, they they were being an extra in WB and enhancement talent when they weren't supposed to. They a lot of other age or whatever that story yeah. is. But but they were starting at a young age. By the time they were, they were ready to go, they had a lot of experience. And with Billy... The same way. I mean, she started now. She didn't do anything illegally. She did it all legal, but she started so young learning. And then by the time now she's going to be able to legally go everywhere, it's going to, yeah. it's going to be amazing how much, how much, uh, you know, uh, experience she has so far at a young age. And she might be like, uh, she could be the youngest ever, you know, world champion, um, mm-hmm. you know, women's world champion. It's, it's very possible. Um, she had a, it was a requirement. She had to get A's and B's. She said straight A's all the way through school. I remember talking to her before her freshman year of high school and she was telling me, she's like, yeah, my electives are theater and Japanese. Right. She, she knew exactly what she was going to be doing with life. And she just had her first couple matches in Japan. She so, did. You know. She did. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> to her on that. She and, was uh, playing it long term. And, uh, yep. And, um, her, um, you know her dad, Mouse. He uh, he he's he's a good dude too as well. It takes great Absolutely. pictures. So, um, so sometimes you get a package deal. You get a you get a photographer and you get uh, a great yeah. wrestler. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. But uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm 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 glad that your re- your updated book, cop uh, hard co- or um, cover had uh, had her on the front and you kind of mentioned threw her in there. And obviously, I'm sure you wrote a lot more than just what's on the on the back or whatnot uh, in, in there. But yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that you got, you added her to the, uh, to the ad- updated edition. Absolutely. Um, yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of interviews, a lot of new ones in this one. I got to talk to Doug Basham for the first time, got to talk with Al for this one. Um, I apologize. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing with the <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, I'm still trying to have, so I'm, I'm, we're finishing up. He, he's the last interview I need to get for Dean Hill's book. So hopefully we'll have that one wrapped up soon, but, uh, uh, he's a busy man. He's a hard guy to pick down. Are you, oh, so you're uh, doing Dean Hill's book? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, he, nice. He's, uh, he's almost ready to go too. So, which is uh, uh, folks don't know, he's the voice, not just the voice of OVW. He was the voice of Louisville Gardens. He yes. Was the ring there, he was the voice on the PA when he went through the security system too. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Louisville Gardens. So, 
Um, and, and just, he was a hero cop. He, he is, it's the hardest thing about working on his book was getting him to brag on himself. Uh, and you go digging through the stories. I'm like, wait a minute, you're going in and out of a burning building, pulling people out of apartments. And you don't think that's a big deal. Yes. That's going in. So I don't know if that's worthy of the book. Yeah. It's worthy of the book. Dean. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, did you, um, I'm sure, I'm sure you've, uh, reached out to, uh, Tim Ash for some of these stories and some of these things too as well? I have, no, I have not. I haven't, I haven't made that connection. All right. Well, that's a guy I can hook you up with. He has a lot of, he has a lot of history and a lot of those uh, different people and whatnot. So yeah. uh, definitely somebody to check out on that. Um, I had an awesome connection happen when uh, actually my second Louisville, but Louisville's greatest show, which was a deep dive uh, by the Allen Athletic Club from 1935 to 1957. Um, actually, Mike Bucci got me in touch with a guy named Jim Atkins, who he knew they, they were on they were on some local uh, board of a local charity or whatever. But uh, Jim was a teenager in the 1950s, started going to watch the matches at the Columbia Gym every week, and he brought me his spiral notebook where every week he recorded the matches and the results, uh, which wow. I had gone through and pulled out of the newspapers. But it was amazing to see, you know, this teenage boy had had logged all this stuff and he had his own top 10 list of best wrestlers and stuff like that and different notes about the matches and the wrestlers and um just seeing it from his perspective and the fact that he kept it all those years that was that was one of the coolest uh encounters like i've had in louisville with with uh louisville's history so out of all the studying you've done all the history you've read all the interviews and whatnot who would you say would be the most influential person out of all of the Louisville wrestling industry, whether they they're, they came through here and they're gone or whether they were from this area. Um, if, we're, if we're talking in the grand, grand scheme and perspective, uh, I don't know that pro wrestling would be where it is without the, that earliest generation at Ed Stranger Lewis. Um, he would not have been who he was if he had not, if he had stayed Bob Fredericks or Robert Fredericks, um, he became really the first kind of national champion, galvanizing superstar. Uh, he was part of what was called the Gold Dust Trio with uh, with Tutsmond and uh, oh, it's escaping me. Sandow was the last name, but I'm I, and I know it's not Damian uh, Billy Sandow. Uh, but they kind of had the first kind of controlling trust in pro wrestling even before the NWA. Um, Strangler was was the was the champion. Um, they would you know kind of colluded with all the different promoters and stuff. We'll let you bring the champion in. We'll have him wrestle your guy. We'll have him make your guy look good. But he's going to walk away with the championship. Um, Strangler was a legit shooter. Uh, if if Strangler thought you were going to pull something over on him, Strangler could make you make you sorry real fast. That um, there's a famous story where some they had allowed somebody to beat Strangler. Um, and then some shenanigans happened and I don't remember the specifics. Cornette be yelling at me right now, but I'm not remembering the specifics, but it was the original Montreal screw job where somebody won the title that oh, wasn't yeah, off. Yeah, right. I've heard, I've heard of about this. Yeah. And, uh, they finally, they, they kind of let it slide for a while, but they finally got that guy in the ring with Ed Strangler Lewis. And as they're going through the whole rigmarole at the beginning, Strangler kind of under his voice says, so are we going to do this the easy way or the hard way? And the guy knew exactly what he meant. He said, let's do it the easy way, sir. So they worked the match and he put Strangler over. So. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that the, the business would be where it was without Strangler. Um, he was, uh, you know, obviously he was he not, not only champion in his own right, but he was the guy that Luthez had by his side 
all those years when he was champion in the early days, he took care of Strangler and made sure that, uh, that that he was, you know, you know, if Lou got paid, Strangler got paid. Um, he really paved the way. So, and he, he's you know not, not as known and not as remembered today, but I think probably the most influential. If you're going to pick one one person out of Louisville who who had an impact here or was impacted by Louisville, I think he he would probably be the top one. So along those lines, who is somebody from the Louisville area that you have not started a project on, whether it be a book, a film, interview, um, that you have in mind, um, just as far as a project coming up for you? Uh, so, um, I'd say but Jim Mitchell was the big one for me. Um, again, he was kind of the first you know, African-American superstar in wrestling. He had a really big uh, – had, had a – Really, really strong career. He had a huge rivalry with Gorgeous George. There was a famous incident in 49 when they incited a riot at the Olympic Auditorium. Um, I did write his story. Um, there's a lot of folks, a lot of people I'd love people to know more about. And I don't know if they're worthy of a whole book, but um, a couple of years ago, I campaigned and got Stu Gibson into the, the New Albany High School Hall of Fame. Uh, it was a star back in the 1950s. He kind of started in Louisville, ended up in Texas, and and, uh, and you know was 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 kind of kind of like Kurt Angle. He was a local football hero at New Albany. He was the football hero at U of L, and then be, kind of became the arrogant heel. You know, and he, he aligned himself with Wild Bill Longson, which was like you know coming out and saying I'm aligning myself with the devil to the Louisville fans at that time. Um, uh, one guy that that I was able to bring his story out. I want to try to get him in the New Albany High School Hall of Fame too. Is Jeff Van Camp. Who was, he was actually the second Lord Humongous. Um, and he, he didn't become Lord Humongous in Louisville, but, uh, you know, he you know, graduated from New Albany High School. He went to UofL, played football just like Gibson did. Um, he started working with, with uh, Dick the Bruiser and, and was, was just wrestling as Jeff Van Camp, the football player, and then ended up down in Mid-South and became Lord Humongous. Um, he's somebody I'd, I'd love people to, to, to see and hear more about. Um, I don't know, as far as, as, far as a, a Louisville personality, um, you know, we, we got to put some respect on, on, you know, we're staying with, with folks from New Albany, but, you know, Rob Conway, Rob Conway has held the NWA more, title more days than a lot of guys who are a lot more famous than him. So, and, and, uh, and, and certainly has had an amazing career for, you know, a guy just happened to be driving by, you know, the old Davis Arena in Jeffersonville one day going, Oh, well, I could do that. <laughs> so, yeah. um, the things you learn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I don't know that there's, there's, there's one, um, the historical figure I really want to do that, that, that I'm kind of looking at, and um, I've got a friend who, who wants to do it as well, so I'm not sure if I'll do it or if we'll collaborate, is June Byers. Um, she was kind of the transitional champion between Mildred Burke and the fabulous Moolah. Um, mm. That whole lineage, Mildred Burke held that title for 22 years. June really didn't pin her to, to, to win the title, and Moolah never, ever, even though she claimed she did, she never pinned June Byers for it. Uh, but she's, she's again, she's another kind of a lost figure from that particular era. Um, June wrestled in Louisville a whole lot. Uh, in fact, she was on the card in 1947 when a guy named Gil Woodworth wrestled an alligator and then came back out that night, later that night, and got married in the ring with June Byers acting as the maid of honor for the wedding. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, now she's somebody that I always kind of had an attitude about June early on because I was a, I'm a big I think Mildred Burke was the greatest women's champion and Mildred really got a raw deal. Um, it's, it's, it's shameful what they did to her, but you know, I've kind of come to see it really was, you know, June was a pawn in the whole thing. It really wasn't her, but, um, and, and she's certainly somebody who, who deserves to have, I mean, if, if, if Mula gets, gets to be remembered and have her story told, 
you know, for the good and the bad that Mula did, you know, Jim Byer's story certainly needs to be told as well. Um, would would you be against, or well, I, I don't know why you would be, but would, would you? Let's say it this way: Would you would you be for a, a campaign or a or a um, a pledge or whatever you want to call it to bring back um, the Louisville Gardens? Oh, absolutely! Are you kidding me? That's yeah. Louisville. Um, I remember posting posting one thing about that building and, and what a great space it could be, and the uh, the University of Louisville ice hockey team liked it or retweeted it or something like that. I mean, there's so many people that could use that building. Um, you know, you've got to, if folks, if you read Dean, Dean Hill's book, you're going to hear a lot of, a lot about the concerts that, that went through there and a lot of the artists that were, oh, I've were seen there. a lot of concerts through the Louisville Gardens yeah, myself. I up. saw a whole lot of concerts at Louisville Gardens. That's everybody from Michael W. Smith to Tori Amos at Louisville Gardens. Yeah, I think um, I saw Michael W. Smith there too as well, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Probably just change your world tour and, uh, and picture part as a, uh, with the one go West young man tour with, yeah. um, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Newsboy, Mercy Audio B, yes, Mercy uh, B there. Yep, uh, yep. Uh, so so many. I mean, you know, and uh, you know, Dean talks about. It's funny. Dean, Dean's got two uh, frames at home where he's got all of his backstage passes from these concerts. Yeah. One he likes to point out is Millie Vanilli. Nice. <laughs> oh. Nice. Yeah, he's, he's got great stories about you know Ted Nugent and Steven Tyler and. Um, oh, Frank Sinatra and Barbara I Mandrell guess. and all this at Louisville Gardens. And the one pat, yep, yeah, you see that one right there? Millie Vanilli. <laughs> well, it was funny. It was I, um, one of the concerts I went to, one of the, one of, one of the best concerts I've ever been to, not the best of all time, but it was really good. It was, and I didn't pay a dime. I knew a security guard. So I got, sn- I got, I got to be brought in, uh, general mission. So it was like the whole general mission was the whole floor, but the seats were up. If you paid for seats, you set up on the sides. The yep. whole floor open, and it was um, uh, it was Godsmack, Code, um, Stain. I forget who else was it. It was another band. It was like four. It was like an amazing new metal rock concert. Wow. Um, and um, yeah, and, and, and would have been all about that one. <laughs> and then and then uh, I sit there and I'm I'm leaving. I wanted a shirt, a Godsmack shirt. And I was like ah, thirty five bucks, whatever, thirty bucks. I was like no, I don't really have the money. I didn't pay for parking either, by the way. I leave, I leave. I'm parked in their little garage. I don't know how, how. I can't remember why I didn't pay for parking. I leave and there's a guy with a box. Just he looked like he legit probably stole the box from the because it was the same merch, exact same thing. It wasn't. I know they have bootleg guys, but this was like yeah. this was the same boxes they had inside. And right. uh, he was like ten bucks, ten bucks, and I'm like, it was the same shirt they were selling for thirty inside. And I was giving so for ten bucks, I only got to see, got to park for free, got to see one of the best concerts and got a t-shirt. So that's there my story. Go. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> did you get to drink for free, Daniel? That's what we wanted. To know well, I wasn't well. at the time. I wasn't old enough to buy drinks. So whatever I bought, or what, actually, I did get waters for free. Yes. So. Oh, okay. Um, yes. 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 But, but at the time, I and I probably could have got other drinks, but um, the guy. The guy didn't want to push it too much, I guess. It, you know, yeah. he was a uh, security guard, and I think he also did some kind of law enforcement. So he probably would have knew he got in trouble if uh, he gave me some alcohol. So, right, right. Um, but uh, it was great. It was great. I was 16 years old. It was amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. So, um, but um, but no, it's. Uh, I just thought I thought it out there because that's kind of something that we've all been kind of in a group chatting about, trying to figure out how we can bring back the little gardens. And the cool thing about it is we, you know, um, OVW has some different partners and owners and one of them happens to be in power in the city of Louisville coming up. So maybe they have some, maybe they have some, uh, some pool, 
with that any, time, any kind of an organized effort to get that building restored to its former glory, I'd be happy to be a part of it. So you just, uh, I'll give you, you a call. You I'm, let me, you let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. a couple of, um, question it might be hard for you to answer and i get it because i as much as wrestling as you watched i can see uh so i'm going to kind of maybe ask it in a couple different two parts here what would be your your favorite match you've ever seen ever now you can go with what do you part it one will do live and two will do just of all time whether it's old footage whether it's a wrestlemania whether whatever just and if they're both the same, I'll tell, answer, I'll, both I'll the tell same. you my favorite match I ever saw live. Typically, I'd say, I'd say my favorite WWE match I ever saw was the first pay per view I ever bought was No Way Out 2001 and the uh, Triple H Stone Cold Steve Austin Three Stages of Hell. Hmm. Uh, I, I think it's still one of one of the, my favorite matches I ever saw. But favorite one I ever saw that that's easy. I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana for Heroes and Legends. And they had brought, uh, if you have never been to Heroes and Legends, they have, they do it at the War Memorial Coliseum. And the one corner of the building, they set up as a fan fest. So the fans show up early that day. Um, I was there selling books. There's guys selling t-shirts, posters, action figures, Funko Pops. Um, a lot of you know, the legends come in earlier in the day and they're, they're signing autographs and stuff. Um, I remember being up there with Hurricane J.J. McGuire, who, who knew all those guys from WWF. And I'm standing around with Brutus Beefcake and Demolition and, um, you know, my whole childhood, my, my, my Saturday mornings, you know, from my childhood to come back to life as an adult. But, um, so you've got that going on. And in the midst of all that, he's brought Madman Pondo up to do a girl fight show. Um, nobody is really interested in sitting down and watching the girls wrestle that afternoon. And it's especially bad because some of the bigger names that he had booked for that show, we weren't able to make it last minute. So three matches go out there and there's maybe, you know, there's maybe 10 people watching in the seats and, and maybe they may watch half a match and then go back and walk around, whatever. So he sends out main event. He sends out Mickey Knuckles, Dementia DeRose, um, amazing Maria and Samantha Heights. Mickey Knuckles gets on the microphone. How's everybody doing? Nobody says anything. Y'all just want to see some more girl fight? Nobody. This is false count anywhere. No disqualifications. She throws the microphone down. The girls start brawling in the ring. They brawl all the way up the aisle towards the fan fest. And they start brawling their way around the tables. They eventually start gathering a whole crowd around them. They've got 30 people, 40 people around them. Sugar Dunkerton's right in the front. He's streaming the whole thing live. They throw Marie and Samantha in garbage cans. Samantha at one point gets suplexed up the bleachers. I mean, they're just beating the crap out of each other. And, and basically just grab this whole building of people that couldn't have cared less and force them to sit up and watch what they were doing. Um one of my favorite parts, too, and I love to tease Maria about it, is they will fight their way around, and the Army is there doing some recruiting. They clear their table off. They're like, put them through our table. And they're like, is it your table? They say, yeah, it's our table. It wasn't their table. It belonged to the building. Um, good news for Pondo, they didn't break the table. Bad news for Maria and Samantha, they got power bombed on that table really hard three times, and the table didn't give. So, But they fought their way back to the ring. Somebody pinned somebody. Mickey and Dementia got the win. And and the capper is some guy actually goes to the promoter and says, my girlfriend and I want refunds. We don't feel safe here after this whole match. So that's still I would I've got a little bit of footage of it, you know, from from some of the clips that I took. I think I have Samantha get, getting slammed up the, the steps. But to me, that was that's my favorite match I ever saw live. And see, that's no one would have ever. Uh, and there's probably still millions of people that have never seen it. 
I've never seen yeah. it. So that, I need to, I was thinking the other day I need to check Sugar Dunkerton's social media see if he's got it anywhere. Wow. So uh, it was a uh, it was quite a ask Maria about it. I will. I'm going to next time. <laughs> <laughs> she told me she said that the next night they they did the same match but they switched roles and uh all the spots that, that Samantha took and Maria took and vice versa. Nice. <laughs> Hey, yeah, they, you know, hey, yeah. uh, pay it back, right? Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that's 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 uh, that's amazing. Uh, where um, where can they uh, where can they get you? Find you? I know we we plugged a couple websites out there, but just go ahead and run through them. Social media websites where they can sure. find you and get your get your stuff. Uh, EatSleepWrestle.com. That's my wrestling website. Um, I blog about wrestling there, and, and you, you can purchase all of all of my books that I've published uh, through that website. Uh, deadparkbooks.com as well. My fiction stuff is. You can also find, as as, uh, as you guys found out, you can find all of my stuff on Amazon as well. Uh, social media, I'm at John Cosper on Twitter. Uh, and I believe I'm at John Cosper Author on TikTok and Instagram. And right. then they can also find, uh, you can search for John Cosper Author or Eat Sleep Wrestle on, uh, or Dead Park Books on Facebook as well. Nice. All right. And um, what would be, uh, final question here, as of your career right now, because you I feel like you still got a lot more to do um, and everything, what would be your um, um, what your greatest achievement so far? Um, uh, my family is my greatest achievement. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, honest to goodness. So, I got to, Good answer. two amazing kids. I I, I married. Way, way, way better than I deserve. Um, so my daughter is 15. She's a straight-A student and, and plays ice hockey uh, and has become an absolutely huge OVW mark. Um, uh, it, to the point, the other night, I tweeted something. I, I posted a story last week about the music they use at OVW. Now, I mean, it's very old school. I mean, it, it's not like when I watch Raw, all the, the theme songs to me sound the same. But it's OVW. It's more like WWF in the 80s. Every theme song, you know, you've got... Luscious Lawrence's saxophone, and you've got the you know the outrunners with their synth and everything. So I wrote that story, and Luke Curtis liked it, and it just ate my daughter up that Luke Curtis said something. <laughs> she can't stand him. So and then my son's thirteen; he plays in a school of rock band. He can he can put an instrument in his hands, and, and five minutes from you know later, he's he's playing something on it. So um, as far as writing, I'm, I'm real proud of, of of the work I've done. Um, I'm, I'm very honored, very humbled to be a part of, you know, helping to share and preserve the story of pro wrestling. Um, blue, the, the latest edition of Bluegrass Brawlers is, is something I've, I've wanted to go back and do for a long time and, and, and kind of fill in the gaps from that. Uh, depending on my day, I'll tell you, you know, this book or that book are, are my favorites and in, in, in whatever reasons it's, it's hard to pick one, but uh, um, it's just, it's just been an honor and a pleasure to, to do what I do. Well, I'm. Um, it's been I'm an def- honor and pleasure speaking with you, John. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and in my back of my mind, I already have it marked down. Right, when I decide to write a book, I'm going to reach out to John. He's going to write my <laughs> book. If if anybody wants to read my book, I don't know. I'm just just making a making a comment there. It may not. So Dean, 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 Dean's happened because of a flippant comment on Facebook too. So and it was just. I mean, you know, it's just. Um, you know, I, I, he's he's. Very, very humbled and surprised how many people can't wait to read his book. It's like you're Dean Hill, you're the voice of OVW. So, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I know, you know, there's the old adage too if you walk in a bar and you see Jeff Bridges sitting over here and Bo Bridges sitting over here, who are you going to go sit by? You know, just going to shake your hand and take a selfie. Bo will sit there and tell you stories all day. At least that's you know, kind of the idea. So, yeah, that's um, true. 
that's why it's fun writing stories, you know, the stories about guys like Madman Pondo and, and uh, Tracy Smothers and the guys that they weren't the top guys, but they were in the locker room with the top guys and, and they got uh, no reason to lie to you about what really went on. Yeah, no, and that's always been um, one thing I love about this podcast when we've had guys interviews on. We get great stories from, you know, you know Jerry Lawler or whoever, but it's also, you know, the fact that when we get someone that was with them too, they tell the different stories and and whatnot that we've had on over the years. Um, so yeah, you're right. Stories, the stories that you hear uh, from some of the non-stars, but with the stars mm-hmm. is just as uh, amazing. So does anybody have better Randy Savage stories than Rip Rogers? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that it, and that's the other thing, too, is like people like that. I mean, I, even Doug, I've heard Doug mm-hmm. tell some oh, yeah. stories of guys yeah. and um, and Doug was Doug was there. You know, he, he was he, I mean, he, I mean, he wasn't the top guy. Obviously, he wasn't a Cena or nothing like that, but he was he was with them all. He was you know, rolling with them and they all knew I've him got, from OVW. Got, so they're all he yeah. was a part of the part of the, the clan. You know, I mean, he was part of the cliques. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't say the name of who it was, but but you know, a friend of mine was was well, he was one of the regular students, and he had somebody who went on to become a very big name in his very first match. And he said, "We lock up," and he looks up at me like a deer in the headlights. What do I do? Just follow me. You know, yeah. those guys were there, and, and they they saw him. They saw him start out and as, as green as they were, and uh, become as great as they were. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, and that's what's good about wrestling is that we all, at least it should be. Um, you know, everyone wanted to help. Even even back in the day, you hear those grizzled vets, grizzled vets or whatever. But they would tell, like you know, uh, Dutchman Tail telling Steve Austin, watch these matches. You know, you want them to, you want they want them to do well. Like watch it, just learn, you know, get get better and and learn this and then go. Okay, now and then when that when that person gets you know success and where they're at now, they can look at the next young guy and say, okay, now you come, come on, watch me learn. You know, and that's kind of the way it is. It's it, it has always been. And it should be. We all want to um, help each other succeed. It is. Uh, we talked about this on the last episode with Luke Curtis about how family wrestling is is a family. And um, the LBW has created has fostered that environment. I think even even more more so now than they ever have. You got, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. But I, I tell people, yeah, what turn on OVW and I defy you to tell me who's the student and who's the teachers. You know, and right. you've got the great veterans who are in there and obviously are having an impact on the younger ones. And then even you know. Cash and Doug and all of them will tell you it's like there's one teacher here and it's Al Snow, you know, and it, it comes from the top down. And um, it's it's really great to see that iron sharpening iron and to watch, you know. I saw Judy Hendricks early, early on, you know, wrestling out in West Virginia and, and to see how far she's come and uh, see how far Ari Alexander's come from the first time I saw her wrestle and you know, even just watch, you know, you know, th- these guys who supposedly used to be Randall Floyd and Shiloh Jones suddenly morphing into these guys from Florida and becoming the outrunners. That's that's been pretty, pretty cool to watch. Absolutely. And, and seeing people like, um, you know, um, even someone like a Tony Gunn, who's, who's been mm-hmm. there for a while and what he's done with his character. And, uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing, um, to look back and watch stuff and yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's great to see the, the, uh, ev- evolution of a mm-hmm. wrestler and a character, uh, for sure. Uh, John, we thank you for coming on. Uh, appreciate it. Um, I know it was a, we talked last week about having you gone and reached out to you today, kind of a short notice, and you were gracious enough to give us your time. Uh, so thank you so much for it. I've been really enjoyed it. I I uh, didn't 
I thought this was just going to be a 40-minute interview, and we've been talking for an hour and a half, so this has been pretty good. So, uh, My pleasure. Happy to do it anytime, guys. Yeah. So, Daniel, I enjoy, enjoy watching you come out and do rock, paper, scissors every week. And <laughs> yes. uh, Linda, my daughter's going to be thrilled I talked to you because she's like, this, <laughs> she's going to be there for special occasions. She, she really likes watching you, you do what you do. So, thank you, Tell her thank you for that. Yeah, I, I mean – uh, if I'm not an impact, then I'm there. So uh, unfortunately, yep. this week I won't be there, but I will be back. I will be at Christmas Chaos. So she'll uh, awesome. see me there. Um, but again, John, thank you for uh, coming on. As always, guys, you can listen to the Ringstone Podcast all on the podcast avenues Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio app, Apple, Apple Podcasts, or so just go to ringsidepodcast.com. You can get us on the social media, the Twitter, the Instagram, and the Facebook at Ringside Podcast. Individually on Twitter, I'm at Daniel Spencer. I'm at Linda K. 22. And one more time, John, where can I get you at? Uh, at John Cosper on Twitter or uh, John Cosper author, Eastley Bressel, EastleyBressel.com or DeadParkBooks.com. There we go. Um, the, uh, we want to thank all the sponsors. Call and uh, Go to CollarNimbleBrand.com. Use promo code RINGSAD. I'll cover the letter to save 10%. And Linda? ProWrestlingInsurance.com. There you go. Go get your quote today uh, from that website and save money there as well and save possibly your life. Who knows, right? Absolutely. Yes, and John, eat, sleep, wrestle. That's our motto for pretty much everybody listening. So (laughs) love it, love it, love it. Yes. Much to my wife's chagrin, it's it's mine too. Ah. All right, guys, as always, in the meantime, in between time, until next time, you can catch us ringside. See ya.